0: Buying a car, whether new off the showroom floor or second hand, is one of the biggest financial commitments a young professional can make. For junior doctors especially, the opportunity to purchase a motor vehicle usually comes only after six years or longer of hard work as a student and with a sudden increase in financial resources and funding models. Many banks and financial institutions are willing to offer large amounts of credit finance to graduated doctors at appealing interest rates banking on the future success of these young professionals and their earning potential. While the decision of what car to purchase may seem a daunting one, applying a number of important principles to your search can make doing your due diligence an adventure and significantly easier. In this episode of the Dr. Coffee Podcast, I interviewed Matthew Kanaya from Heart of Motion, a motoring journalist and professional car content creator who is one of South Africa's leading young voices when it comes to cars. Matthew provides new generation knowledge of the motoring industry and the finance options available from dealers to buyers as well as the latest features and perks to watch out for in new model cars. We were joined by Sebastian Carsas, co-owner and director at Car Sales Exclusive who not only provided a brilliant setting for our interview in their garage surrounded by luxury cars, but also weighed into the discussion with his experience of the second hand motor vehicle industry in South Africa and the value proposition to young professionals seeking to buy a new car with a bit of flex without breaking the budget. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I'm sure you will as well. This episode might not tell you exactly which model of car is best for you, but by the end of it you should have a much clearer idea about what sort of car buyer you are and what deal suits you best, so you can make the best decision possible in finding a car that is fit for purpose and makes your travels a pleasure. In addition, it's worth noting that this podcast episode was almost the most anticipated interview that didn't make it. That's because of some significant challenges in post-production, particularly with the audio, so I am extremely happy that we're all finally able to enjoy this episode more than 3 months after recording. I think it deserves the 1 hour 20 minute runtime and I hope you'll agree by not only listening to this podcast but also watching the video on YouTube and subscribing to the channel, liking and sharing this episode and engaging in the comments. Without any further ado, Here is our discussion about buying a car. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insights into all things medicine for junior doctors and medical students in South Africa. Today on the podcast, we have a very special episode all about buying a vehicle as a newly qualified medical professional. And I'm joined by two wonderful gentlemen on the podcast. To my left is Matthew Kanaya, a professional content creator and motoring journalist. And on my right, Sebastian Carsas, out of car sales exclusive here in Sanson Johannesburg. But I'm gonna give them an opportunity to introduce themselves more fully to tell us why they should be advising us all about buying a vehicle so let's start with you Matt and tell us what you do now.
1: So my name is Matt so if you guys want to go and check me out on socials it's at Matthew Kanaya. Uh, I'll put it all on the bottom uh, but just to give you guys a nutshell so I'm a full-time content creator and motoring journalist I've been doing it for seven years so this is my full-time job.
0: So It's longer than a medical degree.
1: Yeah exactly so I'm in that space um, so brands basically pay me to market and showcase their product because I've got knowledge or new-gen knowledge of cars. So I'll do all sorts of campaigns, everything from fuels to lubricants to cars, um, brand new cars that come out. And it's basically my job to educate and and market a car as everything that's wow, including the new features. Um, But also you get to have more fun than usual, so you get to do crazy experiences. But my whole life is creating content about cars, so thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, you didn't mention Drive Tribe. Yeah.
1: Well, so Drive Tribe is an interesting one. So how I got into the space was I'd been shooting and making content about cars for quite some time, um, and then some issue happened with my work where I had to kind of find me means to make you know an income, and I'd followed the guys Jeremy Clarkson, uh, Richard Hammond, and James May, and uh, they had left. Top Gear and they started their own thing called the Grand Tour and with that there was a subdivision called Drive Tribe. So Drive Tribe was an online publication of everything they did and they looked for contributors and ambassadors and so I stuck my hand up and I said this is the work I've done um, and they were like great we'll make you ambassador for South Africa so I basically got my notoriety and us from working with them and it came full circle. So. A couple months ago, I had the opportunity to interview Richard Hammond face-to-face, and I had some face-to-face with him. So it's really, uh, to Jeremy and Richard and James, I've watched them growing up, and they were my life, like many other people would know them. But they made and shaped my career, but they also gave me a platform to make a living. So I basically owe my career to them.
0: That's really cool. Wow. So today on the podcast, Matt is going to be giving us a lot more insights into what it's like to buy a new vehicle and what the market is like with new vehicles and what features you can look for. And now coming to Sebastian, tell us a little bit about your background
2: and, and where you come from. First of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so my name is Sebastian. Um, I grew up in South Africa. I moved overseas to Australia. I got an engineering degree in civil engineering that side. Came back to South Africa, did mining engineering at Tux. And have been predominantly in and out of the construction and mining space. Um, I've got a passion for vehicles and opened car sales exclusive with my business partner about four years ago. Um, So in doing that we've managed to travel fast roads all around the countryside and I suppose that's perhaps given us some insight into helping consumers choose their vehicle that is fit for purpose
0: okay so you're going to be representing the kind of like the used car markets and giving us insights into how to maximize the used car market because it's not just going to a used car showroom there's so much more and as we're going to get into in the episode today great guys so thank you for being on the podcast we're going to dive right in let's start by talking about why having a car is important as a medical professional so matt give us some insights into the role of cars in society today and why we as young doctors should be considering purchasing a vehicle.
1: So if you made it this far and you are graduated or still studying, congratulations, I think that's that's quite an achievement. I know people in this profession that you really take your, your craft very seriously. And with that comes modes of transport. Unfortunately, we, we're not like North America or Europe, where we have a reliable public transport system. So taxis are a means of, of getting from place to place. For some people, we've got the car train bus, we've got... Um, e-hailing systems, but generally in South Africa, public transport's not as reliable. So a car is very, very vital if you're a South African. It's uh, a way for you to get from seeing friends to a mall to anything like that. But um, even for studies, when you need to go to varsity, when you need to go to your first job, um, it's all very critical things that you need. So having a car is like one of the prerequisites. In fact, if you apply to any job, Top of the CV says, Do you have your own transport? And if you don't list that there, you're already like bottom of the pile. So, um, no matter what it is, whatever car it may be, four wheels, two wheels, having transport's important.
0: Yeah. And you know, something that you may not know is that although universities typically provide transports to clinical sites, that transport can only leave at a certain time. And as long yeah. as we often start our day very early. Yeah. So, I'm thinking of, for example, on the VIT circuit, when you're training at Barra. Yeah. Barra trauma rounds start sometimes 6am, but the bus will only depart from Vitz at 7. Oh wow! So if you get to Barra at 7:30, you've already missed one and a half hours of your training. Yeah, you know because you don't have a vehicle. So a vehicle does give you that freedom, does give you uh, more opportunity because you have those wheels. Um, coming to you, Sebastian. Um, I want you to give, just build on what Matt said. Give us some insights into the role of cars, um, more from maybe the emotive side and the personal side of how people
2: uh, approach vehicles. Look, from an emotive side outside of your day-to-day workplace, where I think Matt touched on it really well, we need vehicles for us to have employment. Mm -hmm. And it's at the top of the list. But also we live in a beautiful country. There's lots of places to explore often the only way to get there is in a car. Yeah. Um, not only that, what's, what's fantastic in particular about South Africa is if you live in Johannesburg and you're traveling to Cape Town, you can drive. To Durban, you can drive. And for some of the people who are more financially privileged, they'll put their vehicle on a carrier truck, wow. send it to Cape Town. Yeah, and down. They'll fly down and then they'll drive around. Yeah. Um, in their beautiful vehicle in Cape Town. Now, that's not always possible in other countries, um, particularly in countries where the distances are much more vast. Mm-hmm. Um, so in South Africa, we've got a lot of reasons why we should own a motor vehicle.
0: Yeah, I think what I'm trying to get is that, you know, people can bulk at the idea of buying a vehicle just because of the price, especially as a newly qualified medical professional, you've never bought something that's that expensive before and you can be questioning, what am I actually going to be buying? You know, I've been catching the bus or I've been catching a taxi up to this point. So that's an encouragement to consumers that actually, you know, what? although it is a liability in a sense, in a financial sense, it is also an investment. It's an investment in opportunities to travel. It's an investment in opportunities for employment it's an investment in relationships because you can pull up and pick your dates up in your own vehicle you know you don't have to take in an uber with the uber driving listening to your romantic conversations right (laughs) so so yeah so cars are important cars are emotive cars are individual and they are as diverse and as various as people are they're different styles as different tastes so matt i'm going to ask you if you're buying a new vehicle, yeah. what are some of the features that you can get in a new vehicle today? What are some of the highlights of buying a new vehicle in South Africa? And I'm going to ask you to just pick maybe three of your top features on your new vehicles at the present.
1: So cars have changed so much. I think if you referred back to your parents and when they had cars, um, walking up to the vehicle, you'd have to stick the key in and turn it to unlock it and then you have to faff for the immobiliser or even so there wasn't that. Um, So I think modern cars have keyless entry. Um, That's a big one. Also for safety. Um, I've noticed that being in a relationship now where when my girlfriend walks to the car, I've educated her that she looks for the keys when she's at the car and her head's down and she's not aware of like spatial surrounding. So keyless entry is quite nice for me because you can walk towards your car Um, and especially as a female in South Africa, you can make sure you unlock it and then you know you can open the door. So keyless entry is also great um, for that sort of instances. Um, And the other things that make life easier, such as um, electric windows, you know, instead of winding it down, these are all small things that we take for granted um, and also multimedia interface. So you've got CarPlay and Android Auto. So as before, you used to tune the radio or you used to Mm -hmm. press the button and it's just AM, FM and a CD. Now you've got Bluetooth and CarPlay. So there's all sorts of modern features, uh, push to start, um, all those things, seatbelt warnings. So cars are better today than they were 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And the shift is everything's become a lot more better and safer.
0: Mm. I like the way you approach that question because it seems like your answer is very driver orientated. Yeah. And you know, the reality is that the car is going to be driven by mostly by one person. It's, that's the reality in South Africa yeah. people are driving their own private cars. Exactly. So the features are driver focused. And um, and it seems like convenience features are a big thing. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the luxury features and more aspirational uh, aspects of owning a car. Coming to you, Sebastian, um, what are some of the things that when people come in to buy a vehicle, you see are the, the must-haves that they say, this is the non-negotiables I really want to have on a vehicle?
2: OK, so what I do find is that there are a lot of these non-negotiables but often they're not always thought through very well. Okay. Say, for example, it will be, I'd like a sunroof, right? Now, sunroof, the truth of it is not many people actually use them when they do have them. Oh, well. Wow. They do help with resale value. They certainly are a bit of a flex. But in further conversation, you can start saying to somebody, listen, what sort of distances do you travel? Now, if somebody travels long distances, let's say they drive out to Whitbank. I would say having run-flat tires is a really important feature yeah. because the last thing you want in particular perhaps for a female or maybe even a male who doesn't know how to change a tire the last thing you want is your tire to burst in the middle of nowhere and now you're stuck on the side of the road yeah and you've got to try and change it whereas these with a run flat tire you can get to a destination safely without having to stop on the side so i would say that is quite an important feature now if you're in and around town perhaps it's not as important or if you're very mechanically um, astute then uh, perhaps you don't need it i would say for parking purposes you know for uh, maneuverability in particular i'd say you need park distance control okay front and rear at a bare minimum Uh, reverse camera would be a luxury
0: Okay, so so you have the sensors and go beep, 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 but Correct. then the luxury version of that would be the camera. Yes,
2: and in fact, some of the newer vehicles even have a 360 camera oh, okay. where on the screen it shows like a top view of the vehicle and you can actually see all the obstacles around you. Oh, so yeah. that's incredible and it really helps, especially when you're parking some of these larger SUVs. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a bare minimum, the beep 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 function.
0: <laughs> the beep beep beep. From here from, from from here on out,
2: the PDC will be known as the, the beep beep beep. beep. Um, <laughs> and then I would say, a, a minimum a Bluetooth media connection. Sure. For telephone, we're using earpods. People are using other sorts of headphones. Um, sometimes you don't want everybody in the car hearing your conversation. You know, when somebody phones, and listen, I'm on speakerphone, I've got so and in the car, you know? So, <laughs> headphones are the game. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bluetooth media so that you can play your favorite music or listen to your podcast.
0: Yeah, the Dr. Coffee podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to say, hey, you know, you can
1: listen to podcasts now. What she was saying was really cool because um, I think between us, whereas I'm supposed to market a car mm. and he's selling it, um, I always get asked advice on. What car should I buy? What should I get? blah 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 blah. But I know people who will come to me and they'll say, "I don't care what the car is, I don't care what the price is. It has to have like I know someone um, who wouldn't buy a car unless it had reverse camera. reverse mm. camera in 360, um, mostly because, again, modern versus old, um, there are people who can't really maneuver cars without that, and they struggle. Mm. Um, so, and if it's not there, they'll have spatial awareness issues. That that's also a thing. So, very interesting that you say because I know lots of people say I won't buy a car unless it's got reverse camera or PDC because I'm terrible with parking.
0: Yeah, Matt, you were saying earlier that you know uh, in the South African market now people are favouring automatic vehicles. Yeah. And push starts because uh, yeah. it's a bit of a flex to be able to push a button and yeah. start your car. But for the practicality of sitting in traffic, yeah, I'm not having to you know, like a, a, a clutch in a gearbox, just have that automatic gearbox. That that's, again, driver-focused. Yeah. But those are the things that the market has shifted towards because they're convenient and they make it easier to live in, in the modern world. Yeah. I think it goes without saying that we want our cars to be safe. So we want yeah. airbags. Yeah. We want to have stability control, things like that. ABS is basically standard right from the cheapest car in South Africa. Yeah. Um, so, so those go without saying. What would be some of the more like luxury items especially on new cars what are some of the elite luxury items people can look out for
1: so when you're buying a car that's that's sort, that sort of say in the elite status um a feature that not many people recognize but will want is um high beam assist So when you're driving at night, technically visibility is not always the best. People's visions aren't the greatest. So what high beam assist is on generally new cars, you'll be driving in a very dark situation and it's got radars and sensors, and it'll predict that a certain depth is too dark. So it'll it'll flash... Um, a bright beam, so in one case it's on and off, but on more expensive cars, um, you can have full brights without blinding the driver in mm. front of you. Um, so high beam assist is one of the really, really top elite features. Um, the other things are built into the steering in the car, which is driver assistance, so you get stuff where there's a fatigue setting, so there's a car um, will, will flash with a warning or the steering will vibrate or it will pop up and says you need a rest, and it detects when you're veering off because it will detect on the lines of the car. Um, that you're rearing off from side to side it'll tell you please take a break so those are very useful especially for the doctors and graduates watching um, yeah, first, call post calls. I, I, first time I've learned about these ridiculous times and how you guys do it respect <laughs> um, but those are very useful features because now when you're slouching off and it'll vibrate and say hey wake up um, and more. And it comes in tears so that was the second level third level is that now you get cars with um, especially in BMW and Merck, where it notices that you got fatigue and there's a certain setting in the car where it'll spray a certain perfume, let a certain amount of air inside and it'll play music. There's got wake me, like there's one, um, there's setting in a BMW now where you've got a wake me up feature. It's got rejuvenate, re-energize. It's got its own sound system. The steering will massage you. All in the the aid to wake up the driver. Um, Stuff like that, but also I just think safety. Cars have just become incredibly safe. So you've got pedestrian uh, focus safety system. So cars will now detect when a car brakes harshly in front of me. and it'll brake for you, so it's got brake assist. So I think those are the really great safety features, because one, I've been in situations where South Africans, firstly, um, they don't know how to drive in the rain, don't know how to use four-way stop, don't know how to use traffic lights when they're there. You know, that's just, it's the same because don't know what to do. It's chaos. So I've been saved in situations in cars where it's got brake assist and emergency lane keep where a car just, darted in front of me or braked and I wouldn't have reacted it and the car just did it for me and one, saves me, two, I don't have to make a phone call to the insurance to say, oopsie, my premium is going to go up now.
0: And Especially three, for you, Matt, because you're driving these cars on behalf of vehicles. You
1: don't end the like, oh, sure. and say, hey, listen, I've dented your GT3 right because of the taxi, they'll be like, really? Um, so those things like, yeah. I like the fact that now cars have so much tech for the person in mind but the more it actually happens to you in real time, the more you actually like, that was a great feature, I really like it. So you might tick it and be like, yeah, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Then something like that happens, you're like, sheesh, this actually saved my life, saved me from paying an but mm. uh, protected my car. So yeah. I think those for me are like the killer features right now.
0: I think that's a great answer and it kind of builds to what I want to bring to you, Sebastian. You mentioned earlier that people come with a list of must-haves and you see in the second-hand market there's certain things that people are drawn to in a vehicle. Um, so let's speak about now the features that can hold value in a car and the way that the market is dictated. You mentioned uh, just off camera earlier that you know everyone wants an M-Sports package. They don't want just the base model. They want to have the more aspirational versions of that same vehicle. So when somebody comes into the used car market, what are some of the highlights they can look forward to? And also thinking ahead, what's going to help them to hold the value on their vehicle?
2: Okay, so um, what we've found uh, with consumers, whether we're buying their vehicle or selling a vehicle to somebody, certainly in the BMW range, if it's M Sport, it's much more desirable. Um, in the Mercedes range, AMG or AMG kit, much more desirable. S line and Audi, R line and VW. those sorts of little extras that make the car a bit more sporty um they are the real flex in those ranges so whether you've got a one series or a five series m sport really makes a difference so people
0: would prefer to have a three series m than a five series or a four series
2: typically yes um what you also find is some of these m sports they have like variants so there'll be something like the shadow edition now that seems really cool in practice. or oh, in theory, sorry. But in practice, it, does, it comes at a premium, but it doesn't retain that premium.
0: That's, that's a wise piece of advice for the listeners to be alert to. Does that mean that you would get a, a bargain in the secondhand market if you saw something like that?
2: I would stick to bread and butter M-Sport because most dealers who are marketing a shadow edition are gonna be selling it at a higher price. But in reality, you're actually getting an M-Sport by a couple of little things, which in my opinion, don't justify the premium. However, if it's something that you like, by all means. Sure. Because it would be something who says, they really want that piece of carbon fiber. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of these things you can go put on yourself. There's, in, in South Africa, we have great, great aftermarket products. Okay, well. Like phenomenal aftermarket products whether it's an entertainment system that's touchscreen, that's CarPlay, that your vehicle that's 2014 may not have you can have that installed so what you're
0: saying is some of the features that are on new vehicles you can get fitted as aftermarket you can
2: get front camera um reverse the camera beep, beep. um the beep beep not so easy oh really um but front camera and reverse camera certainly um, that's actually very easy to do, mm. like an Apple CarPlay or Android uh, type system. Very easy to do. Things like the automatic braking, that there is for the newer type vehicles, that's okay. built into you the system. You can't really add that. Um, I would like to also touch, something, touch on something that Matt yeah, okay. mentioned: yeah. um, the blind spot function, that a lot of feature that a lot of vehicles have that there, I think is a fantastic feature. Mm. Because often, you know, we're on a four-lane highway and you're checking this side, you've put your indicator on, you check here, now you look forward and you go to turn, but you don't realize that the guy, not necessarily in your lane that you're turning into, but the guy in the other lane now wants to come into your lane as well. And this happens a lot on the highway. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the car vibrates. Yeah. that really wakes you up and puts you back in, into line because it, it, it alerts you. something that you wouldn't pick up by yourself. Um, And also I suppose for medical professionals with the late nights, early mornings, you do have, um, and I know this has been a problem in a lot of countries, is micro-sleeping. People doze off while they're sleeping. And on our roads here, we do have those, you know, multiple cat-eyed sort of lines, those strips. That rubble strips on the side strips, yeah. Um, But a lot of cars have that type of style feature built in now, and and that really does make a difference. It Mm. does, it saves lives
0: these are fantastic answers and I think it goes beyond what people would expect. You know, people would expect a conversation about uh, air con or climate control. Is it an automatic with a pollen filter or not? You know, that that that's uh, down here. We're now talking at a higher level. We're talking about um, uh, prevention of accidents. We're talking about things that are going to be more driver-focused, things that are going to help our medical professionals get home safely. So this is a fantastic answer so far, gents. So the way I see it In South Africa, there will be three, broadly, there will be three types of medical students graduating as a doctor. So you will get some people who are privileged individuals who have been fortunate enough to have a very aspirational brand, a very luxurious vehicle during their medical school um, career. Mom and dad have been paying for medical school and they've been driving, you know, a BMW or a Porsche or whatever, and they don't really need to upgrade. They might choose to upgrade now that they're earning their own money and they want to get something bigger, I don't know, maybe from an M1 to an M2, <laughs> but they, they will definitely be a very minority, small population of the, the doctors, right? Then you'll get a number of medical students who have been driving a student vehicle for their time in med school. So maybe they were driving a Ford Figo or they were driving a Ford Volkswagen Polo, and now they're faced with the choice of do they keep their student wheels or do they buy something that they think is more in keeping with a, a doctor's salary? And then there will be, I, I think, probably a majority of people who have never owned a car before, who've been desperate to own a car and have really been aspiring to own a car and now have money burning a hole in their pockets and they want to buy a car. And they're faced with the choice of do they buy new or used? Do they buy a German brand or do they buy a, another th- a Korean brand? Or... So Matt, maybe we'll start with you with what kind of options do people have buying new vehicles specifically? Because Sebastian will speak about the used car market. But if somebody was buying a new car, put yourself in the shoes of a 24-year-old medical student, bearing in mind the populations I spoke about now, you know the different backgrounds people have. What would you recommend for a first car for a junior doctor in South Africa?
1: So just so that if someone's watching this and they're not in that sort of space, 24-year-old, junior doctor, so they've just finished studying, what sort of income bracket are we looking at here? Just so that if you're not in the doctor space, we get an idea of what these kids are kind of spending on a car.
0: Okay, so I don't know whether or not it's you're appropriate. Of so in South Africa, a junior doctor's salary is upwards of half a million rand per year. Per year. Yeah. Okay, so they they do have good um, financing available to them. They are in the highest bracket of earners. Yeah. But there's also room to grow. And also the banks and financial institutions do bank on their professional earning. Right. So they will, I mean, Investex now giving people good options where they can get prime. Yeah, 5% or I think even 1% below prime because they're banking on their future value. Yeah. Okay. So, with that in mind. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, we've got a magical list um, that I'll pull up. So, you're looking at the best cars new, as I would start off with, because you'll bounce off this. This is a starter car. So, the list of cars which is actually quite interesting. Um, so, you've got the Fiat 500, um, okay. a very interesting car, very stylish. Um, a lot of females like it because it's cutesy. Also, it's quite light and fuel and it's, it's quite stylish. So that you're looking at in the 200 grand bracket, that's brand new. You've got the new Ford uh, Figo. That's also a nice starter car. It's got all the amenities that you need, comes in auto. Then you've got Kia Picanto, or Grand i10. Those are great cars. Also within the 200,000 range, I think this is a fair comparison because we'll go up from here. Okay. So someone who's got no knowledge of cars, but they just want to start and go reliable, brand new. So you've got that Peugeot 108, that's also there, but again, very basic, it's got all the needs that it has.
0: So are all of these cars kind of comparable or would you say that there's one that's a standout in this market segment or this bracket? So
1: pretty much all of these are within the same bracket and there are some standouts. These are just various options. So you've also got Renault Kaigua, um, Suzuki Swift, Toyota Agua, uh, Polo Fivo, um, and then generally the standouts there are your Polos. Polos always tend to do well, good resell, um, and they sell well in terms of sales. So much so to the point where new sales can chuck in a bunch of options for people who want it. Um, various sort of things like you can throw in tint and some rims and stuff like that. But that's your entry level. Um, There's your start and goes. That's what I like to call it. So basic nuance and go. Start and go is, um, it's a brand new car. It's very basic. It's got all the features just getting started and go. It's not anything fancy, but it's not anything to worry about like oh, the service. So that's what I like about these cars. They fall within the two hundred to two hundred and twenty thousand, but I'm going to say two hundred thousand end range, um, and that for me is the perfect ideal starter car for a student um, who's just looking to get around. So, generally, I would see it as they're not really caring about image yet. Um, they want to get to do their rounds, their calls, their whatever. It's just a car. It's got the modern features, like I was saying to you. Most of them have CarPlay, um, keyless entries. Sometimes uh, they've got push start. Have they got beep, beep, beep? Some of them do have beep, beep, beep. If not, you can let your it as an option. Like I said, a dealer can chuck it in. Um, But I'd like to start there because there'd be someone out there who's not ready to chuck that amount of money because, again, we must now consider students or or medical professionals who are very conscious about their money. Um, We're not just speaking to people who are going to splurge first. We're we're talking about people who want to be practical, so maybe they invest more into their place um, or other experiences in their life, whatever it may be.
0: So, yeah, somebody might say, you know, my car is going to stand for 23 hours a day. I'm only in it for one hour. I'd rather spend my money on
1: travel. 100%. So, that's why I I prefer to start here, whereas I'd like to call these the best starting goes. Okay.
0: If you were to go one level up within the new car market, so somebody who says, I want leather. Yeah. You know, I want a little bit of touch of class. I want somebody to go, oh, there's a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, somebody who wants a little bit more luxury. Yeah. What kind of. Vehicles are they looking at that?
1: So now you're looking into a category where you're going to breach the four hundred thousand range. So you're going beyond Polo. You can get Polos that are about four hundred grand with the leather and the bells and whistles. But if you want that touch of class, now you're going into a very premium segment. So now you're looking at cars like the Audi A1, even though it's quite small, um, the Mini Cooper, uh, the Mercedes-Benz E-Class, the One Series. I'm not talking about the high-end ones. You're talking about the entry-level ones. Now these are your basic premium entry-level cars. So all the cars that I mentioned, so the Mini, the Audi, um, and the Merck as well, they all come standard with your BPB the 360, <laughs> PDC. It's got seat belt tensioners, car place, uh, uh, push to start. So these are your executive premium hatches. Um, and they do carry an air about them because the badge carries the name. So that's what I would say as the next step up. So you've got these cars and you've had the starter cars, which I was talking about earlier. Those are the cars that you would get to and from a place. Um, and most of the people who listen to this will probably have had those cars. Now you're moving to step up. So your next step is generally, let me get into a 118 uh, Mercedes A-Class or an A1 or a Mini Cooper. That immediately is its premium, its German, and it tells people that you've got money, you're doing okay, you're doing well. Um, but again, real funny to say, it's not really going to bust the bank unless you go beyond that.
0: Okay. So, Sebastian, Matthew's thrown out some figures. Okay? Yeah. So, obviously, depending on the age of the vehicle and what features it comes with, you know, that kind of money is going to buy you different things. But if you were somebody who um, was a newly qualified medical doctor and you were looking at that price point and saying, I can either buy a Hyundai i10 or I can buy what were some of the options that could stand out to somebody in the used
2: vehicle market? So just to, I suppose, put it all into context in terms of used and new, because remember with new vehicles, there's often manufacturer assist. Um, they do have balloon payments, which not all the used cars are able to have. Now that can be a good or a bad thing, depending on how you manage your money. Um, over and above that, interest rate is typically different on a new and used vehicle. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, and it can be the difference between, say, 8% and 11%. As much as that's shocking. Yeah. Well, however, you've got to look at, when you buy a new vehicle, the equity. That's the value, inherent value of that vehicle, how it drops in the first three years. So perhaps the high interest rate often is not so bad because you've got something that's a bit more stable in value retention. So if you were to say to me, what would I want as my first vehicle if I was a medical professional? And I say first vehicle, I mean, not the vehicle you drove around in university with. I'm talking about your first purchase outside of that. When you drive into hospital every day. So let's look at some numbers, right? You said they're earning about 500k a year, give or take. So let's say that's between 30 and 50,000 a month. So for every 10,000 Rand that you earn, you can effectively borrow 100,000 Rand, plus or minus. So if you're earning 50,000 Rand a month on a used vehicle, you can earn, you can can borrow about 500K, right? So when you look at that, and for every 100K you borrow is about 2,000 Rand a month repayment.
0: Okay, so let's just do the maths here. So, if you were borrowing five hundred thousand, which which we're saying is basically pushing the max of what you would be borrowing, you're looking at about ten thousand rand per month as your repayments with the yeah, vehicle, give or take, plus minus, minus. and that's excluding insurance, fuel, that's correct? Okay, and that's going new
2: and used, the same, um, or, or is that the eight to eleven? Well, for me, that I understand it more than the the used market. Sure, um, it is different in the new market because of balloon payments. Because of interest rates and things like that, it's more general generalized rule of thumb for the used car market, so come on, Sebastian, give us some cars for, for me, I would look at let's start with the engine, sure, okay, because often the engine stays relatively consistent, regardless of the model being three series, five series, you know a four a five, however you want to look at it like that so I think that the BMW 20D engine is a phenomenal engine. The Audi two liter turbo diesel engine, phenomenal. The three liter turbo diesel engine, phenomenal. Um, I feel the same about the Merck 220D engine. Now I do like the petrol engines as well. That's not to say I don't like them. I do like them, but I just think that those little diesel engines are very robust. The service intervals are further apart compared to the petrol engines. And on high rail style driving, you're getting Incredible economy. Example, I've been driving a little Audi A4, three liter turbo diesel. That thing's got punch, punch, it's leather, it's got the PDC, it's got sunroof. And from Johannesburg to Pretoria, okay, it's a bit downhill, it is downhill. I'm <laughs> little 3.6 liters to the 100 kilometers. But mm-hmm. from Pretoria to Johannesburg. Uh, uh, in a three liter V6 turbo diesel. Yeah.
1: And let's just break the, the, the hearts of moms and dads here because I always get this argument. Unfortunately, a manual car will use more fuel than an automatic. It's just yeah. how it is. The new gear boxes. New Are so we talking about new cars? You are not talking about old cars. Old first speed glare boxes. Exactly. I've, no. I've had parentals come and argue with me and they'll say stuff like cruise control uses more fuel than me using the throttle. And you know, I've got a, an automatic and it charges fuel. So in newer cars, the technology is so amazing. An automatic car with cruise control. And if you're watching, you don't know what cruise control is. Basically, in modern cars, there's no wire. It's it's fly by So It's electronic. So basically, the engine and the computer talk to each other, and it can set a speed. So that matter, if you go uphill or downhill, it maintains that speed and is more precise than your foot. You will get better consumption on a modern-day car, especially on the Twindies and and the Diesels particular, than on a manual car. Just... Just so that we we make that point very clear. Hundred
2: percent. I hundred percent agree with you. Those old um, automatics with the four speed gearboxes, five speed. Now you're getting seven speed, eight speed. They will pick the right gear for the for the mode that's on the engine to make the give the most efficient output. So is this something that would be available on a Picanto
0: and i10, or is this something that's you're only getting when you're getting to like the A1s? That higher bracket that this. So
1: yeah, your starter cars don't generally have those kind of
0: features. But when you come to the used car markets, there you might. Yeah,
1: then, then the you, same price. You can, yeah. If you go onto your premium hatch or premium car, those cars do have that option. Um, to the point where a starter car—it's very funny to say—a starter car would be, unfortunately, four hundred and fifty thousand rand or, or less. Sure. Um, that would be your entry level Polo, your Swift, um, your, your rear, your i twenty. Anything higher than that, um, it then becomes an option or standard, um, and, and that's something that that we should reiterate that these starter cars come with the basic features, and starter cars do come with auto, not exactly the best.
0: But the basic features now, like you were saying, yeah. are things that were only options on the luxury cars 10, yeah. 15 years ago. You know, so things like keyless entry, yeah. um, Bluetooth, CarPlay, yeah. those. Five years ago with yeah. luxury items that not everyone and interestingly
1: has. enough, something that, that for, the, for the viewers that might want to know this is that Mercedes-Benz were pretty much the, the standard for that. So if you understand the Mercedes hierarchy, there's the S-Class. So the S-Class was the top of the top. It was the top dog. And what would happen is the S-Class set the benchmark for technologies yeah. such as it was one of the first cars to have cruise control and automatic headlights. So the, the, radar distance the radar. The radar cruise control. And what happened was, Merck's philosophy was, let's put the highest tech in the S, and then we'll trickle that down into the lower models. And brands generally caught on to that idea later. So the features that you see in an entry-level car, that 20 years ago was on the top-spec car. So generally what you'll notice is that in the very, very uber-fancy cars that we'll get to just now, those features will be in entry-level cars in about 5 or 10 years' time. If not, it'll be an optional cheaper option, but... It's yeah. we'll be distance. So, so
0: coming back to Sebastian, so if, some, if somebody was coming to purchase a vehicle here at Car Sales Exclusive and they were mentioning the figures that Matt threw around, what kind of vehicles do you have in that range from like the two hundred to 400,000 range just to give a, give a consumer or a medical doctor an idea of you know, what they could get
2: versus that new car? So we've got 320i M-Sports. We've got um, 320d M-Sports. 420 IM Sport these are beautiful cars and when you bought them new they were what 700,000 plus some of these vehicles I mean if you just go and have a look at what a new Polo costs you're talking about 600,000 Rand for the Polo, G- Polo GTI yeah and I believe the Golf GTI is closer to 800,000 Rand now sitting behind us you can see this C63 S AMG I mean, this is a brutal vehicle. I'm not suggesting that perhaps a medical professional wants it as their first vehicle, but it's a 2017. It's still in motor plan, and it's going for about 820,000 rand. Wow! Well, so when you look at bang for buck from new car to used car, when I say used car, talk like five to eight years old, okay. you're really getting. Brilliant three series, five series, A fours, A fives. That's kind of the magic number. That bracket between five to eight years, and if so, what's what's that? That was like where that technology shift came in, whereby now the benefits you're getting in a new car might be the lane assist or the uh, you know that braking feature to help you, okay, um, like those sorts of things, or the media system with a full screen in front of you. But um, I mean that's a very yeah. recent addition to the it was, and it's and it's really a preference thing. Like when I think of an A two hundred new one, you're looking at, you know, seven hundred grand. That's not A and G top of the line, anything like that. Now for seven hundred thousand rand, if you said, Hey Sebastian, let's go shopping, <laughs> I've got seven hundred grand, yeah. I'd say to you, what are you looking for? Do you want flex? Do you want power, speed, do you want economy? What do you want? we can find you literally five or six years or even three to four-year-old vehicle Mm. that is taking you to that, that's catapulting you to that top sort of range of vehicle Mm -hmm. for that money.
0: So as somebody who's not in the know about cars as much as you guys are, my first thought when we talk about new versus used is, you know, the fear that comes with a used vehicle has possibly been driven through a pothole aggressively, has had somebody who maybe won't care for their vehicle the way I would want to care for my vehicle. Whereas a new vehicle, I know that every single kilometer that's on that odometer, I put on. Yeah, same so question. What are some of the ways that a, a consumer can offset those fears with a
2: used vehicle? And do they have options in South Africa? Um, just first thing on the pothole thing. Yeah. So you go buy the new vehicle because you think that it hasn't gone through a pothole. And often, most of the time, people don't want to drive through a pothole. You know, it's a mistake. You could drive out of the showroom and drive through a pothole. So it kind of eliminates that, you know, that flip, but to protect you in South Africa with a used vehicle, there's a lot of companies that offer third-party mechanical warranties and depending on the age of mileage, there's different tiers. And in those tiers, like there's one, for example, that if it's still just come out of plan or just still in Meadowplan it's about to expire and you initiate this policy, Mm. it'll give you two years, unlimited kilometers unlimited cover wow. on mechanical features such as gearbox engine turbos. Well, services are not the thing that breaks the bank. Okay. If you take your, your vehicle- yeah, I've been just clarify Services are not what breaks the bank. It's the mechanical breakdowns that break the bank, like your turbo you know, breaks or your engine blows. That's what breaks the bank. But servicing a secondhand
0: BMW 3 Series is going to be you. Much more expensive than servicing a
2: Hyundai i10. Not necessarily. And how so? I'll give you an example. Sure. My business partner has a Porsche KN uh, diesel, the V8 version. Okay. Okay. We're privy because we have a dealership and we have a workshop, but it's costing like four grand to service that car. Wow. You're talking about a Porsche KN. And sure, if you're taking to the franchise dealer, you're going to pay a lot more. But it doesn't necessarily use. It means he's using better parts. But taking it to a franchise
0: dealer, would that not help to keep the the car having a good full service history and things like that? So it does so what I'm saying is do you make a saving on your services, but you're then decreasing the value of your sale
2: in the future? Provided you take your vehicle to an RMI workshop. Okay. It is more a perception thing. So often you can say to a consumer yes it's got full bmw service history they think wow but the truth is the guy's just paid more for his services after it came out of motor plane. you could take it to the mechanic next door to our shapio who's rmi approved the service won't cost you an arm and a leg he does exactly the same job i mean it's oil change spark plugs little basic stuff and i think what's also out there that consumers need to be aware of when you take your vehicle in for a service It's not that they're going to go and diagnose the little rattle that you hear in the back. It's there for a service. You need to specify, hey, guys, while I'm driving, I'm noticing this at the back, that they then can actually look at that for you. Otherwise, it just goes in for your run-of-the-mill service. Sure. And this happens at franchise dealers as well. Sure. Um, So looking after a second-hand vehicle in South Africa, in particular, your Mercedes, BMW, Audi, Volkswagen, it's not as expensive as people actually think. And if if you've coupled that with a um, third-party mechanical warranty, you really have quite a lot of protection. So now you're getting bang for your buck because you're getting a five-year-old, four-year-old vehicle. So you're leapfrogging that class of entry level. And then you've put in place your mechanical warranties. You've bought a car with full service history. And you can see in the book or the printout that, yes, it was at BMW until this point. Now it was at this mechanic afterwards. You can even phone that mechanic and just confirm. You know, there's ways to do your due diligence to know I'm getting a well-looked-after second-hand vehicle and I'm going to continue to look after it. And it will serve you well. Very good. So, Matt, I'm going to come to you with the same question that I pitched
0: to Sebastian about um, the value. And, you know, he gave us some great insights into the value within the used car market. It doesn't seem like that exists within the used car market or does it?
1: So, Matsub said made a lot of sense if you're playing into the field of you want a, an older vehicle. It's generally out of the franchise, it, it's got higher mileage. And so, higher mileage for me is anything above 70,000 Ks. Um, that's just personally for me. But there are a certain amount of cars that are still within franchise. So, you can get BMW approved, Mercedes approved. So these are still brand new cars. Like demo cars. Demo cars, exactly, with demo mileage um, that you can still get from the franchise and still looked after. So my general rule is um, if you're looking for that nice car that you can't afford brand new, you can get the demo version. So demo version for me is, uh, and don't use this, but kind of use it as a rule of thumb, but basically every new car has um, five years or 100,000 Ks on their service and maintenance. So what I would like to do is a car that's between one to three years, that's generally the bracket I would look at for a new car, and the mileage will be up to 50% of its service, which is 100,000 K. So in that case, I would look for 50,000 Ks or less. So you find a two to three-year-old car from when it was new, so 2019, 20, with less than 50,000 Ks, generally that car, you know still has your service and maintenance history and it's still looked after it. and if anything goes wrong out of insurance you know that the dealer can take care of it um and then you've got original parts onto it so if there's a car that's up top tier value for you and you don't really want to get new um i would generally go for approved um which is basically a car that has very very little mileage and it's on the demo floor and it's been used a bit but it's generally in good condition um that's what i would go for
0: okay so i'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit so um, we've spoken a little bit about what kind of budget a junior doctor can be expecting to spend so let's say you had no responsibilities and you didn't have to pay for other things other than your vehicle and you were thinking you know maxing out, out your budgets and you had up to 600,000 rand what would be your flex car on the new side of the market if you had a, a flex car
1: Well, I think six hundred thousand is also a little bit unfair. Because (laughs) let let me let me put it to you this way. So the argument is, I'm not going to spend a million or six hundred thousand, whatever, on a car. So I've never met anyone, unless they're doing weird business, who will come up to the dealership with cash, and say, "This is what I'm paying for a car." No way. Um, Generally, it's always finance. Okay. So someone will come and they will assess your finances, and if you're earning that, you can get a pretty decent amount. Of car for that. So I'm going to use with that sort of salary. So let's say we're playing within the 50,000 Rand. Um, generally, you can get a car that's, let's say on average, we make it decent, a million bucks. And there's very good options. So for me, that flex car within a million, you can get yourself uh, a new Golf 8 GTI. I think that's a great car. You can also get Audi S3, you can get Mercedes A35. Um, you can also get this is a flex car this is a flex car so this is a car that's like sheesh okay you know that's really nice because you know it's got above average extras there's also from bmw the 135i and 135i or you got the 128ti now these are cars that i like to call um, let me show you what i got so above extra features it's got a nice throaty exhaust note um it makes noise, it's fast, but when you look at it, it's got all the go faster but so you see like the bumper looks aggressive, it's got red detailing. Like you don't have to know much about cars to know that that's a cool car. It's got a spoiler. So that for me, um, those are great in terms of what you can get. Um if you push it a little bit. So if you go uh, up to I think the you push it really, Not really. <laughs> well, I it, but if it's you're it. bankrupting some
0: medical doctors, so yeah. if a
1: medical student wants it and bankrupt and they want to really go there, you can push it up to the one point two. So then you can play within Demo A45S. You can get M2, the
0: the OG1. If there is an increase in re- repossessions in South Africa because of
1: without <laughs> I out of it too. Um, so then you've also got M2 Comp as well, um, but also um, good value for money brand new car that you can get now is the new M240i X-Drive. Um, Full house, you don't have to put any extras on it. It comes in at 1.2, and if you finance it, um, you're looking at a very affordable within the 20s. Um, I'm,
0: I'm, dying, I'm dying to know what Sebastian would recommend at that price point. So, it's, so your flex car, this is... We
2: started out at 600,000 and it became 1.2. Okay. So, so yeah, this, <laughs> this is basically you saying that I'm going to spend almost everything that I have. Because you're making, say, 40 to 50k a month and you're in for what, 20 to 30 a month? 20 to 30, yeah. 20 to 30, So, guys, this not a good idea. Like, <laughs> save <saving> the <laughs> money. <laughs> right? right. Matthew, Matthew is spending <laughs> everyone else's money. It's a matter of trust fund and I don't care. Yeah. You really lost it. What is your name? Gonna... Uh, when they made a different story. <laughs> and we talked done <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. But like, um, one million rand in a used car market between seven and five years old. You are getting an absolute savage of a vehicle. For your flex vehicle. So a flex vehicle. And I don't consider an M2 as a savage of a vehicle. Okay. Like it's a nice car. What's this? savage? It's an incredible vehicle. But M2 doesn't really come with the same status as like an M6. I don't think. That's my personal preference. So you're saying
0: that, that an M6 would fall into that 1 million rand price point at 5 years old? Six years yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what you're getting. But then you have to take into consideration that the costs of maintaining that M6 would be higher than then the
2: m Why? Because it's a larger edge. With what, it's not really like... The, I'm not scared of mileage, and I'm not scared of engine size. I actually think it's like a very big misconception and a way to drive a professional consumer into the new car market, because that is the biggest purchaser of new cars. So
0: two junior doctors are both driving their flex vehicles out of Barra. One of them's in an M2 comp, one of them's in an M6. Who's going to win
2: in the drag race? I think the M6, if it's done up, will, will beat it. But who's going to go to the restaurant and everyone's going to think, Van oaks the boss.
1: Who's the good? guy with the, se- with the check engine light? Definitely.
2: <laughs> Have some your mechanical warranty in place. Make sure that the yes. service history is there it's well looked after. It's what you're yeah. going to get. So the risk is
0: though, when you're buying the M6, the risk is that you do have to do all of that due diligence, right? Because well,
2: otherwise it's something you can just slap a price tag on and say, boop, I this is the mean, market value, this is what budget, just some budget dealers out there. there. Like you won't know. Like one of the biggest things, and it particularly happens in South Africa, is you should be checking ownership history because often what happens here is you ride off your car. I'm an insurance company. I pay you out for your vehicle. I take your vehicle. I don't scrap it. I don't mark it as a code three. Keep it as a code two. I sell it it to a salvage yard. They'll fix it and it's back in the marketplace. Okay. And that car's getting financed. It's getting sold. And it's actually been in an accident. So when we buy our vehicles here, we check all of that to make sure it wasn't owned by an insurance company. Now, if you don't want to do any due diligence, if you... Uh, don't want to be like an aware driver and you kind of just want to zone out and do your thing, then sure, all these great features on a new car, great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Guess a new car is fantastic because you're getting maintenance plan and all these things you don't have to think. But I mean, you're talking about a medical doctor here. They're clever people They can take their 20 minutes to do their homework if they want to get that car that's in that higher category at a value, at a very good value proposition. And remember, resale, all-sale, equity loss over time new car loses quicker you don't want to get stuck with a big balloon payment at the end because now you're in a debt hole Fair. so i think both
0: of you came with very very interesting views on that question and i love the way that it's becoming a little bit more heated and emotional so so matt we spoke about the flex car yeah okay let's talk about a value where you say you know just rand per kilo this car is astronomically more valuable and. You know, things, just bang for back cars. What is a
1: bang for back car? So if you're out there and you're looking for a car, just to give you context, so when you're purchasing a vehicle, I always say, look for the market and look around you. So whether it's in your complex, your estate, wherever you may live, what are cars that people are generally driving in abundance when you go to the mall? Those are basically your staples. So if you know if it's a Merck, Audi, BMW, that's the sort of farm stable you should be stabbing in. So that's my piece of advice because um, going on that also from Seb's side, you know, that part availability, um, service, getting stuff done on the car, getting it fixed, whatever you may be, it'll always be helpful. Then further upon that, stables are always your best sellers. Um, and those are generally, it's above and beyond the start and go. So it means that this car is so good, it is faultless, and it works. And currently, um, it's actually a really great thing that this is um, one of my picks because I generally love it. But BMW's 320d, Beautiful. Um, it is the staple of South African premium market. So whether you're in accounts, you're a doctor, or you've just made it, um, that car is seriously good value for money. So in terms of turnaround, you can... Easily resell that. You can get a demo version with less than thirty thousand Ks for a good price. You got great finance options, um, and the car is just in abundance. So you know whether you buy it or sell it, you're working out well. But that is seriously
0: so you for putting me. your hats on that. So the 320d, that's your value for men.
1: So there's two. So in terms of like a stable, you in the BMW franchise, you've got the 320d, and you've got the X3 two-litre diesel. Those are
0: always your best seller. Are those still, for? because that seems to me to still be falling within that flex price. So
1: you can get an X3 for under a bar or just about. Um, there are specials on them currently. Um, but generally, you can get a new X3 for about a million or less. Um, and you can get a three series as well. Um, so in the BMW stable, those are absolutely fantastic. Merc have just released the new C-Class. Um, and the new C220D is phenomenal. So... I've had people in my fraternity get less than 5 litres per 100 on that car. um, And that also will soon, they basically revive the Mercedes franchise with that. Um, But then you look at other cars that are, you know, good value for money. So any car that is a diesel, um, 1.4, 1.6, always good. But if we're talking to medical professionals, you've just passed your start and go. Um, To be honest, you cannot go wrong with 320d, in my opinion. I think that's the stable. If you do want to go for something a little bit more, they fancier, you can do the Audi A4, um, you can do the Merc, um, but if you're looking for just, in South Africa right now, our mm-hmm. market, 320D and X3 is pretty much, it's the stable for middle class.
0: Okay, great. So that's a great answer. I'm going to come to you, Sebastian. So what would be a value for money users? you look at the used car market, you say, you know, there's
2: one that's just punching above its weight. We're grilling performance. Reliability, mm-hmm. economy, and safety. Um, starting with BMW, I'd agree with Matthew. Three twenty mm-hmm. It wouldn't cost a million or eight hundred. Certainly so, not. Yeah, like I've got a three twenty D here for three hundred thousand rand. Okay, and what's the what's the age and mileage yeah, like I mean, though? Because let's pull it up, right? Can we do we have time to pull it up quickly for you? I've got it. I've actually got it right here. I've Got the showroom open. Um, it is. Going for it's going for two ninety nine, and it's right here. It's a twenty fourteen BMW three twenty D GTM Sport with one hundred thirty nine thousand K's on it. So the one hundred
0: thirty nine thousand K's, as you mentioned earlier, is not like you know twenty years ago. One
2: hundred thirty nine thousand K's was it's absolutely nothing today. Absolutely nothing today. Okay. What other vehicles on the second hand? So in BMW, that twenty D engine, yeah is so robust it's so easy to maintain it's got great power great economy and when i say that engine i don't necessarily specify just three series that extends from three series five series i would then say x1 um x3 x5 i'd probably say get a bit bigger of an engine than the 20d because it's a heavier vehicle sure but certainly for x1 and x3 Brilliant. 3 series and 5 series. And outside of BMW, in your being, their 2 litre D- TDI engine, fantastic. Um, their 3 litre TDI engine, fantastic. Even their little 1.4 um, TFSI uh, turbo petrol engine, great engine as well. Um, I like
0: how you guys are, are talking about the engine, you know, like, the, like you were saying, the mechanics.
2: The, the rest of it is like what it looks like and what you prefer. Like, do you want an SUV or do you want a sedan? But that's really where your maintenance comes in, is with the engine, right? Um, then in Mercedes, whether it's GLA, A-Class, C-Class, I love the 220D engine. A GLC 250D engine, fantastic as well. Um, and there's some bang for buck there too. I think I think not too long ago, I sold a 2016 C220D Coupe. Mm. AMG for four hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, another flex vehicle. And that is a sexy car. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. Okay, great. So we've done the
0: flex vehicle. We've done the value for money vehicle. And what's clear is that there's still luxury. There's still That's bang for your buck. It's still flex there.
1: But I need to fight said quickly because yeah. I'm going to also for okay. some some deals. Okay, so I hear what he has to say. So
0: this, is, so you have got to counter the 2014 320.
1: So I'm going to counter it. Okay, so we'll we'll touch on this, but basically manufacturers now have deals for their cars. So generally, like I was saying, you're not going to um, walk into a dealership with a bag full of cash. You're going to finance it. And for the graduate who's earning...
0: In you know, fact, so you were saying that it's even worse yeah. to go in with a bag full of cash. Is. You're not going to so, get a good deal.
1: Exactly. So we'll touch on the finance side, I think. But just to give you an idea, right, I'm just going to do what a normal person does, go on the internet. Brand new car. So I can do it a 3 Series. you are talking about the 320D and the X3. So let's just do 3C. Let's break though. So this is, right, from BMW's website, it's a 320i facelift, right? It's m Sport. It's got a business nav and sunroof and a very nice choice of rim. You will pay 12,499 Rand a month for this car. So 12,500, right? So for how many months? So we'll pay that for 38 months. Interest rate is linked, so it's a 10.48 um you'll pay a 10 percent deposit which you can um on that salary you have to pay it yes um
0: if you if you finance a second-hand vehicle do you have the option to not pay it depends on the equity in the
2: car your affordability your credit score predominantly the equity in the vehicle let's, just say, and let's, let's do this exercise
1: yeah, so for, for me, the exercise you're saying that's so expensive on a 50 grand salary 320i damn good looking car comes with all those features 12
2: and a half grand 10 percent deposit.
1: balloon uh, no, so what it is, is, it's on a 10% deposit, it's a GFV or guaranteed future value, we'll touch on that in a second. But for argument's sake, you can get that for 12.5. If I scroll down to the other bestseller, which is an X3, so you can get yourself an X3 20D for $13,999 a month for the same deal. So I know, oh, how are you supposed to afford a car that's over a million real deals? And I think... That's what we should talk about next.
2: Um, Just to touch on that, it's ten percent deposit. Let's stay on the three twenty i. It's twelve and a half. What is it? Twelve thousand rand a month. What is the at the end of term that balloon or residual that's left over?
1: So there is none because of the select deal.
2: So just. But that's, I want to certainly so the understand the, the guaranteed
0: future value. Does that mean that you have to then sell back to BMW
1: Yeah. So we're, and we're, buy
2: another BMW? What would that guaranteed future value on that vehicle? So,
1: give people a little bit of context. So, manufacturers now have select finance deals, which allows you to drive the car that you want and then hand the keys back and you've got nothing else tied to you. So, there's stuff it, that you've paid monthly, but You don't really yeah, so you do pay, and then there's also graduate finance, which we'll get onto. So basically, BMW have something called GFE, which you've heard of. It's Guaranteed Future Value. So they're saying you can get a 320i, and you will pay 12499 rand a month. So you qualify through your so financials? Right. The offer price in the car is eight hundred and eighty-seven thousand rand. How much it's selling for now? Yes. So this is of. What are we on? 20 December yeah. 2022. But your deposit is 10%. You'll pay that over 48 months. Interest rate of 10.48 linked. Linked to Prime. The guaranteed future value of the car will be four hundred and eighty-three thousand five hundred rand after the term. So, our total cost, $688,000. However, in 48 months, you're going to pay 688000 However, let me, just, let me just reiterate this, right? For someone who is like me, who's not clued up in the car space and stuff like that, it means that for this 12 and a half grand, you will pay every month for this car for 48 months. Everything else is taken care of with the vehicle, which means that when your term is ended, all you do is you drive back to the dealership, hand back the keys. You don't have to pay a balloon. You don't have to pay whatever you owe. It's done. So basically, it's a more premium version of renting a car without owning it because this is basically stopping the depreciation from happening. And there
0: would be a closer the cost, cost right? They would, but uh, before we go to you, version, it seems to me there would be some features in a uh, 2022 BMW that aren't in the 2014. Uh, besides the engine, sure. the engine might be the same, but there might be some features that are in that vehicle that you're not getting. So maybe somebody says, you know, I, I know I'm going to pay more but I'm paying for those extra features. Sure. Sebastian, you're ready there with the numbers. I can see that you've, you've already done the sums. I just think that it's important for the
2: audience to go through the sums. Sure, sure does. To compare the deals. Right, you compare the deals, and then what's your preference is what you're going to choose, right? Mm-hmm. But as long as you're aware of both options. say, let's work on the 320i. Purchase price is worth, what, 820,000 rand, somewhere there. 880. 880,000 Rand for the MW320i M Sport. New. So, yeah. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So the repayment is? So the repayment on this is 12,499 Rand. 12,499 Rand. Yeah.
1: 12,499 Rand over 48 months. 48 months, yeah. With 10% deposit.
2: Okay. So you so they had to put in. So it we're going to spend. Over forty-eight months, five hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred fifty-two rand. Call it six hundred thousand rand. That you're going to spend out of your pocket. Yeah, right. And at the end, the car gets plus and w Yes, it does. But plus you grab a ten percent deposit. So you've got an eighty-eight thousand rand deposit, which you're going to pay out of your pocket immediately. Right. No. So at the
1: end, how much are they giving you back? So at the end, your guaranteed future value on the car is four hundred eighty-three thousand. 500. After 38 months. After 48 months, that's what the car will be worth.
2: Okay, so you've paid 88 as well.
0: That's staggering to me that the car is going to go from 880 to 480. So it's lost
2: 400,000, lost almost half its value. So you've spent, if you've put four it. years though. Well, if you've been driving it, right? If yeah. you've put 88,000 in and you've made your repayments, you're in at, say, 690,000 Rand out of your pocket on an 888,000 rand car. Now that car's not going to go to zero after four years. And you've spent 687,000 rand. You're getting back how much? Four hundred and eighty-three thousand. 483,000 because the car still has equity in it. Sure. So you've lost 204,000 rand over for four years. Okay. But you've spent. 690,000, right? So you've got some of it back at the end, you've got the 480,000 back. So an example my 2014 320D, mm-hmm. it's 300,000 rand, give mm-hmm. or take 2,000 rand per month for every 100,000 you spend. So that's we're about 6,000, we're about 6,000 rand a month. Okay, and you have deposit on this vehicle because okay. the equity is right. Because you said you're financing within your earning. You're financing within your earning. The cars are not overpriced. Okay, new cars have got a hundred, like, thin equity in them. Sure. And so banks do favor uh, financing those vehicles. Hence the residential rates, right? Hence the rates and all those sorts of deals because of volume and things like that. Okay, I understand. So 6,000 Rand a month over 48 months. 48 months. That's, you're spending 288,000 Rand on this vehicle. Over the four years? Over the four years. And at the end of the four years, do you at have- At the end eight... of the four years on a vehicle like this, I can tell you you're definitely getting more than 150 grand. Okay, so again, it's not going to zero, there's still equity. There's still I equity, mean, it's still a rack a little Jamie, like, like you will probably work between 150 and 200 grand after the four years. So, so that's going to cost you, so it's going to cost you a hundred thousand in loss. Okay. This one's costing you about 200,000 random loss. Okay. If yeah. it's a new car. Yes, it's a completely different category because of the, the age. So in summary,
0: as the objective kind of intermediary between the two of you bringing this two different viewpoints, it comes down to you are definitely going to make a loss because a vehicle is a depreciating asset. It's not going to gain value. But you need to be cognizant of the fact that a new vehicle is going to lose significantly more
2: than an older vehicle in terms of losing its bet. That's very true. So you mentioned something at the beginning where we spoke about, you know, when you're starting to get your first paycheck and things like that, there's experiences you want to do, perhaps you want to get your first house as well. There's all these other things that come along in life. Now, if a car is your only thing that you want and you're happy to live at home and do nothing else, and this is your vibe, by all means, like you love the thing. You do what you love, right? But if you want a nice car. And you still want to have money for the other stuff. Here I'm telling you, you're spending about 288,000 Rand over four years. You're going to get back. Let's go in the middle, at least 180,000. Out of a pocket, you you've spent 288, you're getting 180 back. You've lost 108,000 Rand. On this one, you've spent 600, over 600,000 Rand. So that's so much money you could put into a house. You could have put into yeah. holidays. You could have bought stocks, for Bitcoin, so to swing back. You don't want to <laughs> <laughs> yes. you <laughs> <laughs> So to swing back,
0: to swing back towards the new vehicle conversation. So one way that a young doctor might say, "I still want." I've heard everything that Sebastian yes. say. I still want the new vehicle. We have the unique position where we can choose to live in doctors' quarters. Uh, at the hospital, which yeah. means you're literally living at the hospital in like yeah. a bachelor flat. Yeah. So that's somebody who says, okay. I'm prepared to only pay a thousand rand a month to live in a room in the hospital, but I'm going to drive a two-twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, because look, what Seb said, he was talking about math and numbers. So I'm talking about the majority of the people I speak to. So 18 to 35, that's within the, the doctor bracket, right? They've got 50 grand coming into them a month, right? What they're now doing is they're saying... I'm not thinking about 200,000 and five years and depreciation this. What they're saying now... We're here
0: for a good time, not for a long
1: time. Back to the, <laughs> the first car, start and go. So take sure. that principle and apply it to a new graduate now. And they've got this amount of money. They're not stupid. They're smart. They studied. So they're budgeting for things. So now if you can say, give me a brand new car, and mind you, Sunuk does come with free insurance for a year. Plus, you get BMW on-call, and you get roadside assist, which will help you for flat tires, punctures. It'll even drive you to safety. Come with 10 liters of fuel if you're stuck. Right, 24 hours a day, 365, no matter where you are in the
0: country. So you pay... That's that's no, that's, that's, that's into your car. That's, but you, and there's no such thing as a free lunch. So that's so, all built into that money. That so it's you're,
1: built into that money, however. You're
0: paying a subscription service to...
1: Yeah, but if I'm a... a a new graduate and I'm earning that amount, I'll say to myself, great, so I've got my phone out and I'm gonna say, okay, make 50 grand a month. I'm gonna minus 12 and a half grand. That means yay, I've got 37 and a half grand to figure out insurance, fuel, and food. That's where modern kids and young adults are right now. Very few, and I'll say the 10%, so I'll swing to your side of it. The 10% are gonna say, yeah, but I want a a three to four-year-old car with this many Ks and I can work this and work this. That's the 10 percenters. The rest are just going and saying, great, what offer do you have where I can pay this amount of money for a car? And then when I'm done with the select offers, I literally just take the car, give it back to the dealership, and I have the option of refinancing it to keep it. Or What I can do is I can get a brand new car because it's 48 months, four years. Within that rotation, there'll be a newer model or a facelift. And I can get into the newer car for paying the exact same amount a month. And they're not thinking about depreciation because this is the whole thing. Finance is there to help
2: people because to facilitate, to help them and indulge people in lifestyle they actually can't afford. It doesn't prepare them for the future. So you said those are the 10 percenters, right? Yeah. Well, in 20 years' time, regardless of being a professional or not being a professional, who are the people who are wealthy? The- is a month for on Yeah. And worse, it's on. So, well, so, so in 10 to 20 years time, regardless of whether you're a doctor, an engineer, or a business owner, who are the people who own houses, send their kids to private schools and afford their kids, perhaps the same opportunity as you got to become a doctor. Cause it's not cheap to get there. Are the, those 10 percenters because they're thinking about these things. They're not thinking about one well, getting the fancy new car now. So, what I'm saying is, and I have to be fair. I didn't include insurance. Uh, the, the mechanical warranty is 13,350, but that lasts for two years. So there are these little costs, but they don't add up to the same amount. You're not spending 600,000 Rand in four years. It's significantly less. So it comes down to what you want. Yeah. And it also comes down to where do you see yourself in five years time? Do you still want to lack a car to get around, still have a bit of a flex, but do you want to be able to build yourself so that in 10 years time, you perhaps can own a house. Or do you want to just keep renting to own everything?
1: Or well, in 10 years' time, will you not earn more as a doctor? or will your salary stay the same?
2: Well, there's a good stat that we spoke about earlier. I don't know if you can share it. About doctors after three, four years.
0: Yeah, so w- w- before we be- began the podcast, I spoke about how for the first three years of, of your career, once you actually do have a post, because not everyone's guaranteed a post straight away, but when you do start working, you basically work for the government for three years. And that's a fairly protective position because you have employment for three years. You know, With COVID, we've seen how desperate people can get when the job that they thought was so stable has been taken away from them from um, circumstances well beyond their control. It had nothing to do with their skill or how well they did their job. The world just moved into a different phase. Um, so doctors, for the first three years, you're in internship and you're in and you're earning well, but about half of the doctors who finish community service face some period of unemployment. And that period of uncertainty and unemployment can be anything from one month to a whole three years where they're not really getting the same opportunities to move from the government service into the private sector. It's highly competitive and you're not getting guaranteed hours. So somebody who was earning a a serve salary where they were getting paid because they were at the hospital all the time might only be able to work now 20 hours per week as a casualty MO. So something that junior doctors do have to take into consideration is they're not necessarily able to predict five years into the future. Um, that applies to an intern, it applies to a registrar, it applies to every
2: level. So to touch on that, it's not that I'm actually opposed to what Matthew's saying. I'm mm-hmm. not opposed to it. No, I think you guys I have think, been very, very good. About it at all. Timing is everything. And when there's uncertainty of future between a zero and five year period and you still want a nice car because you deserve it and all these things, I think that the time perhaps is not right to indulge in a eight hundred and eighty thousand Rand commitment that's gonna cost you six hundred grand over four years. And that's typically that's so long, on my mentality. Yeah, that's, that's typically me. how long people finance a vehicle for you. Have four, five, six years. That's typically how long you finance a vehicle. But imagine you finish after three years and you don't have that guaranteed employment? that extra for 400K, you could have just had in the bank to get you through the rainy times. That's how I think, though. Mm. Perhaps that's not what somebody else wants. So, Matt's coming to you, would you agree with that sentiment? Do you think that's
0: fair? Or do you think that there's more to the new vehicle side that hasn't been unlocked yet?
1: There's more to it because, um, you know, finance is not just finance anymore. Um, so I'm not opposed for select deals like that or guaranteed future values. I'm not opposed to... Um, straight up finance. And I'm also not opposed to balloon because if you play it right within that space, it can actually work for you and you can uh, buy or drive the car of your dreams. And if you play it in that correct mindset, you can literally give it back. So, like you're saying, three years placement, if this is 48 months, right? If you take it out, you can get that car for three years. I'm guaranteeing you within that space, you'll be able to know or have an idea of which direction you're going to go to or who's going to reach out to you in your final year. Maybe maybe you're wrong. Maybe someone can say, I'm offering you this, maybe consider it, blah, 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 blah. You can't know what's going to happen in the next year. Uh, Your future might change. Your job might change. But for someone who's looking for, yes, this is where I'm going to go into and I'm going to move up in the ranks which I'm assuming every doctor wants to be. Yeah, it always Then you know your financial situation changes. And I'm in the space where someone wants to come and get a car and they just want to start and go. And they just want something to work. They want it to be safe. They want it to be reliable. It comes with all the bells and whistles. And I'm saying the manufacturers will offer you whatever car you want for this price. And you don't have to sit with a massive balloon or whatever. You just bring the car here. Cheers, I'm done. Give me a new car.
0: Okay. Um, we need to bring this episode to a close but it's been fascinating I've learned so much from both of you it's been interesting to hear sometimes your combined and shared viewpoints sometimes very different viewpoints but maybe just if you had one closing piece of advice to junior doctors in South Africa I think I've started with Matt often so I'm going to come to you Sebastian first so think about the audience is primarily um, medical students and junior doctors so people who've in their first two or three years working uh, in state service what would your advice be to these young professionals? So,
2: um, thank you for that. It's been enjoyable. Firstly, i would like to say just a w- word of caution, whether it's a new car or used car, briefly do your homework, because like we said at the beginning, the mouse in the trap doesn't know why the cheese is free. So do your homework. I would choose something affordable. I would choose something reliable. I would choose something that has the safety features, the bare minimums that we discussed earlier. And I would run my numbers properly. I wouldn't just hope and pray. Awesome. And I'm I'm always happy to give advice if anybody asks. I'm sure that's the same for all of us on this panel. Thank you very much. Matt says <laughs> <just>, thank you.
1: <laughs> and that always ends with me. And I it starts with your elephant as well. So, so let me just give some of the graduates some advice. So they have great starter cars out there, um, within the 200000 Rand range. And generally when you're moving up from there. Your car becomes an asset, so that becomes a deposit for a car. So you're never going to be short of cash on hand should you want to get the car. Um, Do your research and your homework, but you can drive the cars you want. Uh, Manufacturers do offer graduate finance, and graduate finance is something that can be less than what a typical finance rate is because they know you've got a guaranteed job and finance um, available for it. So you can drive those cars. Modern cars within these financial, you know, installments that you get come with free insurance and all that stuff. So if I was you, look within your means, just like what you were saying. So if you want to go get a ridiculous car, go get a ridiculous car and spend all your money. But just know if you can't afford the fuel and insurance, that's you. maybe do your thing. But generally look at your salary, see what you're going to take home. Then after all your rent expenses, your insurance, medical aid, blah, 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 look what you have. And then within that. Say to yourself, what's a good car that I can go and buy? Mm. And if you look up online, they're great deals. And also, don't be afraid to talk to dealer. Don't be afraid to talk to Sirb or don't be afraid to talk to the the manufacturer because they have got painted financial solutions for you. And also remember, if you can't afford to pay for a car, do not worry because if you sell that car, that car's worth something so it can offset your difference. So even if it means you come off clean and you don't have a car anymore, you won't have debt. But if you left with an extra hundred grand, that's great for you because when your financial situation change, you've got money to extend your time to eat, to do life, but then if you want a car again, you've got some cash. So don't be afraid the the car world is not hard. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to understand. You could DM me and ask me for stuff, but, but generally if you're a graduate and you're earning money, you can get a really great car and you can be looked after You don't have to have a scary experience.
0: I think it's a great place to end off because the car world can be intimidating for some and it can be uh, very, very exciting as well. And what we've heard from both of our guests is that buying a new car is something that should be something you take very seriously. It should be something that you do your due diligence on. And when I say new, I'm including used cars as well. When you're buying a vehicle, make sure that you take some time to think very carefully. This is something that you're going to be living with for a few years. So don't waste your money Um, put it into something that's going to bring you great joy. Something that you're going to be uh, happy that you made that decision. I want to thank both of my guests for being on the podcast. I think both of you have offered amazing inputs and great value for our listeners. So thank you once again, and we look forward to having you in the future again. Thank you really much.
1: Well, that's it for this episode of The Dr. Coffee Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and feel motivated, encouraged and inspired. If you have any feedback on what you thought of this episode or anything else on your mind, please get in touch. The podcast's email address is drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's drcoffeeza with no punctuation marks.
0: You're also invited to submit messages, questions or responses to anything you heard in the podcast via our new voice message link, which you can find in the show notes to this episode. All you need to do is download the Anchor app for free and your voice message may make it into an episode of the podcast.
1: We also have social media profiles on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And once again, you can find links to these in the episode description and show notes.
0: Finally, a reminder that you can find links to everything mentioned in this episode in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening on. While you're there, please leave a rating or review of the podcast. Consider sharing this episode with fellow junior doctors and medical students in your world who you think would benefit from the content and enjoy it. Thank
2: you so much for your support. Bye.